Welcome to the Imperfect Leader Podcast with Scott Neal, a podcast about how to lead, grow, and succeed even with imperfections and challenges. Our goal? To help leaders expand their capacity and reach their full potential, whether leading a church, growing a business, or building a family. Remember, nothing succeeds like imperfection. Now here's your host, Scott Neal. Today I welcome a new friend, and I cannot wait for you to meet him. Believe it or not, I met the guy you were getting ready to hear from last week. And as soon as I sat down and began talking with him, I said, I've got to get him on the podcast. He has an incredible story, a story of pain, loss, confusion, doubt, bad decisions, forgiveness, restoration. Let me put it this way. For many of us, if we endured what this guy has endured, we wouldn't be here. But he is. And he has just released a book detailing a lot of his story. And we'll get to that in just a minute. First, let me introduce him to you. Please make welcome to the Imperfect Leader podcast, my new friend, Wes Clark. Welcome, Wes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Man, I'm so glad you are here. You and I sat down last week in the lobby of Forest Park, and I asked you to tell me your story, and you did. I was taken aback by your honesty and your transparency. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's rare in people. And (laughs) when I find it, when I experience it, uh, it's refreshing. Yes, sir. You just released a book. Yes, yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. You had a book signing the other evening. Is that right? Yes, sir. I had it. um, It was last Friday on the the 27th. Yeah. And um, it was was great. Uh, It was not your regular book signing. It was... um, it was different. Uh, some, How so? Um, well, uh, the guy who who introduced me, um, which was um, just kind of been my mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is um, Wayne P. James, and he's the. Oh yeah, I know Wayne. Yeah, he's the. Uh, he's the band director over at Northeastern High School, yep. and Mr. James took a chance on me. Mm-hmm. Um, Could have lost his job wow. by taking a chance on me, and uh, from my book, what he's going through now. I'm able to help him like he helped me, That's my awesome. story. So, yeah, the irony in that is crazy. Um, so it was great. Uh, yeah, so you you were there at uh, Forerunner. Forerunner. Ministries. Yes, yeah. sir. Shouts out to uh, Pastor Phil. Papa That's Phil. awesome. Love you. Yeah. So people came by. You got a chance to meet them, sign the book. Yes, sir. Awesome. Uh, Did you have nice a good crowd. turnout? Yes, great turnout. Didn't have enough books. Um, oh, but that's good. That's a good thing. But, yes, great turnout. Excellent. Well, let's talk a, l- a little bit about your book, not the details. We'll get into that in a minute. Okay. But I am always curious about how a person uh, takes a story and turns it into a book. So how long did it take you to write your book? By uh, the way, the name of the book is? Um, the name of the book is It Happened, It Hurt, Now What? And you can pick that up on Amazon. Pick it up on Amazon, or you can order it on my website, um, allroadsleadtowest.com. Allroadsleadtowest.com. Excellent. So we'll get into this, the story in just a moment. How long did it take you to write the book? Uh, about a year. Wow. Uh-huh. You wrote a year. some a little bit every day, every week? Uh, How, every you? week. Okay. Yep. Every week, um, I met up with someone, and we, we went to work. Mm-hmm. Yep. From matter of fact, it started last October. Yeah. And um, we we finished this October. That's awesome. Yes, sir. And you just got it out this past week. Yes, sir. Great. Was it difficult to write? Um, I was. I won't say it was difficult. Um, but I will say this. Um, while writing, you know, it was a lot of time to reflect on 
yeah things that have transpired in my life um i even cried a little bit while writing so um i can imagine yeah yeah so you would sit down and had to open up your story and get into some of the details and that's not easy yes sir yeah well, what is it like writing uh, a book did you did you have some moments where you're like what in the world am i doing oh writing my this god book? <laughs> yes um I, i'll say this um the writing part was kind of easy mm-hmm. I, I i'll say at the end like when everything was finished right uh that's when it got hard like publishing oh, and yeah. all that stuff going through all the preliminary stuff sure. that was um that was a pain but yeah. i learned a lot and um hopefully it won't be that difficult the next time around oh so you got book number two. Oh yes oh that's great Definitely. awesome <laughs> well hey for those of you um who do not know who wes is and that's probably many of you listening to the podcast and you're wondering what's the book about um we're going to get into that because i want you to hear the details of this young man's story and he put most of it in in the book and i'm yes, sure sir. there's even more inside that you couldn't put there yes sir and things you will learn from this point forward which will hopefully be in book number 2 one day yes sir but uh you have an incredible story so let's 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 back up let's go back to your childhood okay um and tell us a little bit about what it was like living in your home as a as a kid you're from this area um no i'm from well you know, not far from here, from, sure. from Norfolk, Virginia. Right, okay. <laughs> so this region is home to you. Yes, sir. And um, had a large family. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your mom, dad, brothers, sisters, kind of what it was like when you were a kid. Um, well, we were we were a close-knit family. Um, it was six of us all together. Um, so um, everybody was pretty much like, uh, me and my brother were like two years apart, and mm. me and my sisters, they were 10 months apart. Um, ten so months apart. Ten months. Wow. Yeah. Um, so um, we were close. Yeah. And uh, but uh, I didn't know how. Um, now, where do you fit in the five, though? I'm the second oldest. I'm next to okay. my brother. Okay. Yes, so sir. your brother, then you. Uh huh. Then my uh, my sister Tabitha, which is mm-hmm. the third, and then the, the baby girl Nicole. Nicole. And uh-huh. your brother's name? Um, Amos. So Amos. Mm-hmm. Wesley, Wesley. Tabitha. Tabitha. And Nicole. Nicole. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. So great family, tight knit, mm-hmm. close. Yes, sir. And um, you are the second from the oldest. Yes, sir. And then when you were around 17 years old, tragedy struck. Oh, yeah. Um, All right. Tell us what happened. I was 17. Um, we had just moved here. Okay. And um, I'm not going to lie. I hated Elizabeth City. Yeah. Um, coming from a city. Sure. But uh, it grew on me. Um, I started to get adjusted here. Things were going well. And uh I was leaving band practice and I just got home and my sister, um, Tabitha, um, she was like, Wes, you know, Nicole, she passed out again. Hmm. And um, she had passed out. Okay, this happened before. Yeah, it happened in Virginia. She was, um, I want to say uh, in middle school. Well, no, not middle school, but like um, elementary school. And um, she passed out on the bus, but they were they were able to get to her fast. Hmm. Um, but this time it wasn't the case, so. But um, in my mind, I was like, okay, she's going to be okay. But um, she ended up dying at 14. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And um, so by the time they were able to, you know, resuscitate her, she So she, when she went down, she passed out. She was on the bus? No, she was walking to the bus. Walking walking. to the bus, Mm -hmm. passes out. This Mm -hmm. had happened before. Yes, sir. And she was revived. Mm -hmm. This time, she passes out again, Mm -hmm. and they begin CPR. Um, it took a while, okay, um, far as for the medical to get there, but okay. 
Um, so she was 30 minutes without oxygen oh to the brain, which left her, you know, pretty much brain dead. Brain dead at mm-hmm. 14. At 14. But they they were able to take care of her to where she went to your home. Yeah, uh, my mom, when my mom got on the scene, um, she, my sister was gone, and my mom began to pray over her, and um, she came back, mm-hmm. and um, and they were able to, you know, get her to um, King's Daughters. Okay. They flew her out there, and um, <laughs> that's when the process started. Yeah. Long process. So she's at King's Daughters for how long? Oof, oof. Mm. I want to say probably four to six months. Four to six months. Mm-hmm. And then she moves from King's Daughters back to your home. To home. Mm-hmm. And she stays there at your home for how long? Uh, she stayed there at the house for 10 years. 10 years. Mm-hmm. You guys took care of her every day. Um, we we assisted. Of yeah. course, you know, her being in a vegetated state, um, we had, you know, all around nurse care. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we hated her. Um, so here, here you are, seventeen, mm-hmm. a strong family. Yes, sir. And your sister is in a vegetative state mm-hmm. every day, having to take care of her, and she lives with you for ten years, mm-hmm. and then at twenty-four, she yeah. passes. She passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you guys know at that time what caused her to pass out? Did you find out? How did that happen? That you found out about her condition? Um, well, um, when we were um, young, um, we knew about this heart disease that plagued my family because it started with my mother. Okay. Um, you know, my mother stayed out in and out of the hospital for about nine years. Um, at any given time, uh, she could she could have went to you know to the hospital. Our ambulance was pulling up, and you know we were young, so we didn't know. But so we knew something was going on then. But um, we later found out that my younger sister had it. My older brother had it. And then when we got older, my other sister, she had it as well. But um, it's something that uh, yeah, we knew about for a while. Okay, so your family has this genetic mm-hmm. heart disease. Yes, sir. And what is the name of the disease? Let's see, can I say this right? It's um, okay. hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Okay, I'm not going to attempt to repeat <laughs> that. Okay. Um, and you, you, your younger sister, your older sister, and your older brother mm-hmm. all have this heart disease. Including my mom. Mm-hmm. Including your mom. Mm-hmm. So your sister at 14, it manifests. She passes out, mm-hmm. taken to King's Daughter, stays there four to six months, comes back to your home. You guys take care of her for 10 years, mm-hmm. and she passes. Yes, sir. That in and of itself is a tragedy. Yes. And how how did you process that at 17 when this occurs with your sister and you watch this for the next 10 years? What's <laughs> going on in Wes's mind? Um, having to step up. Mm-hmm. And um, be there for my my younger sister, yeah. Because at the time, my brother he had left for the Air Force, and um, it was just us, and that was a um, that was a process in itself because you know we had to rely on each other, and um, and people that we didn't know, mm-hmm. people that my mom trusted to you know kind of oversee us as kids because you know we still are kids, and um, that ended up that ended up being you know a, another situation which you can you'll read that in the book, but um. 
so it was it was a lot it was a lot to juggle um yeah. i ended it up um i was out of school a lot mm -hmm. so um that took a toll so it was a, it was just a lot going on at the time so strain begins to happen in your family yes sir and then 10 months later after your sister passes at 24 mm -hmm. tell us what happens well yeah about i want to say about 10 to 12 months later um my other sister passes um she was 24 as well same disease same disease now you told me that she enjoyed playing basketball yeah the younger sister enjoyed she loved sports she could she could ball yeah. um and um i used to always feel bad when we used to you know grow up playing um she was always wanted to play on my team but i always said you know nicole you, you can't because maybe two minutes into playing she would get tired because yeah. that was the that was that was the issues that the disease caused you know right. very tired so but she loved it. She lived life to the fullest in spite of, you know, her, her disease. So she knew about it. Yes, sir. Didn't let it stop her. No. She wanted to enjoy as much as life as possible. Yes, sir. But at 24, the heart condition takes her as well. Yes, sir. So within a year period, you lose your youngest sister. Mm -hmm. and, and then the, the next to the youngest. The next to the youngest mm -hmm. within a year's time. Yes, sir. How did you process that? That was actually crazy because... um. My younger, my next to the younger sister, she accepted death so easy. Like, mm. uh, I remember we was all around her bed, and she was just like, you know, Wes, I'm just ready. I'm like, what? And at this time, I'm scared of death still, you know. And I watched my baby sister just accept it so easy. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a lot. Yeah. I can't even imagine having to stand there and watch oh my God, yes. my sister's pass like that and having to somehow wrap my mind around the the young life mm -hmm. being taken away. Did, were you a, a person of faith at this time? Was your family strong spiritually? Oh, yes, okay. definitely. Um, they were definitely strong in faith. Um, yeah. I grew up around, um, you know, just listening to my mm -hmm. parents talk about God and you know their salvation and, and that's that was my foundation. And um, so where did where did you put God in all this? How did you process these two <laughs> tragic deaths and still go to church and mm -hmm. pray and faith? Did you struggle with that? How, did your parents struggle with that? Oh my God! Uh, my well, I struggled with. Um, I used to have conversations with God a lot about my younger sister, the baby, yeah. um, the one that passed first. Because, you know, the state that she was in, I didn't like it um, because she wasn't living to yeah. me. You know, she just laying there, you yeah. know, getting bed sores and stuff like that. And um, so I told God, I said, you know, God, you know, you know how I feel. But, you know, in your time, in your will. And um, so when my younger sister passed I'm not going to lie. I was kind of relieved that she wasn't yeah. going through that pain anymore because I hate I hated seeing her like that. I hated it. So but my young my um, next to the younger sister, that kind of hurt that that did hurt um, because I think she just missed her sister because they were very close. Very. So close. when with your um, you're next to the youngest sister, her name again, Tabitha, Tabitha, mm -hmm. when she um does she pass out the same way your younger sister no, did? No, um, actually, um, that heart disease, it, it can encounter your life different ways okay. or affect your life different ways. Um, it affected her kidneys. Everything okay. started to fail due mm. to this heart disease. Okay. So um, she needed a transplant of her kidneys. So that's what ended up taking her out. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it happened pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
how long from the time that she knew she needed a transplant till she passes? Maybe a year. Okay. If that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you go through the 10-year period with your younger sister, mm-hmm. youngest, and then about a year with uh, Tabitha. Yes, sir. And then she passes. Yes, sir. Now, this leaves you and your brother. Yes, sir. And your mom and dad. Yes, sir. And you're close to your brother. Oh, my gosh. Like Siamese twins. Now, how much older is was he than you? He had two and a half years on me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he has the same disease. Yes, sir. And tell us a little bit about his story. Oh, my brother, my brother Amos. Um, I love that boy. That's my. That uh, that was he was more than a brother. He was like oh. a father when my my dad wasn't you know around when he was at work and stuff. Like we were very close. Um, he um, he knew at a young age as well, and it affected him as like it did my younger sister. Got tired, you know, but still lived life to the fullest. Played ball, did everything. Um. With this heart disease, you you barely could even ride a roller coaster. I remember mm-hmm. he rode a roller coaster. Um, so he loved it. Yes, at King's Dominion, but he passed out as soon as he got off. Wow. He fainted, and um, he um he ended up he it ended up getting really bad with him as he got older. Mm-hmm. And um, about how old was it when it was really getting rough for him? After he got out of the Air Force, and that's the crazy thing. Um, when he was in basic, we prayed and prayed because he was not supposed to make it out of basic. You know, you have to run two miles yeah. at the end of um, at the end of basic. So um, he came out of there with flying colors, and um, as he got older, the heart disease, you know, the heart started to you know wear, mm-hmm. and um, he ended up getting an artificial heart. Okay, um, so he has a heart transplant. Uh, well, artificial heart put in. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. And this is how old is he at this time? My brother, I want to say he's around like 29. 29. Uh-huh. When he gets he has done. an artificial heart put in. Mm-hmm. Responds well to it? Yes. Yes, okay. sir. Uh, so, he responds well. He responded well to the um, to the artificial uh, heart. He had to stay in, in the hospital for like mm-hmm. a month and a half or two right. um, while they worked out all, all the kinks and stuff, medicine sure. and stuff like that. But uh, Now, how old are you at this time? Uh, I'm around. I'm around like 27. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm 27. So just a little younger, a couple years younger than mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And um, love him. <laughs> enjoy yes. being around him. Yes. Seems like things are going to go okay. He's yeah, got well, the artificial heart. Waiting on, a, waiting on a new heart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Trying and, to get on the list. Right. And uh, he comes home? Yep. He comes home finally. Yeah. I, you know, he hated the hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, finally comes home. Um, I want to say uh, maybe a week or two he's home. And uh, I never forget it. It was the middle of the night. I got a got a call um, from his wife saying that he had a stroke. Mm. Um, either his wife or his mom. I believe it was my mom saying that my brother had a stroke at 30 years old. Mm. So uh, what happens? Uh, me and my um, wife at the time we grabbed our clothes and we rushed to the hospital, rushed to Virginia. Yep. Yeah. And the time you get there, what's going on? By the time we get there, he's in surgery. They're trying to, yeah. you know, get the stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, he was able to, you know, talk and everything. After um, they got the stroke, they said that, you know, they were able to get it and um, that we'll be able to see him in a few. So, yeah. How long then, did it take before you could go in and talk with him? About an hour or so. Okay. Um, I went in there and just grabbed his hand. He was, you know, kind of discombobulated, but... I was able to talk to him and say, you know, when you get out of here, we're still going to Bush Gardens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That didn't happen though. No, sir. Yeah. What happened next? 
um, you know, all the family was there back and forth, you know, just being there with him. And um, uh, he ended up having another stroke on the brain and yeah. that eventually took him out. During this period, he has the stroke. Um, he's in surgery. You go in to see him. What's going through your mind at this time? Are you worried? At, I mean, I'm, I know you're worried, but are you thinking um, this can't be happening? I'm not yeah. going to lose my brother. What, what was going through your mind? You had to have some internal battles there happening with your faith and your 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 love of him. What was what was it like to be in that moment? I I didn't think I was going to lose him. I really didn't. Um, that was the last thing on anybody's mind. Okay. Um, but when it happened, you know, it just it floored everybody. Yeah. You talking about a wait a waiting room? Well, probably like fifty to sixty people in there. This is more. your family and friends, family and, and friends. church people, and everybody. Uh, and when the doctor came in and told us, you talking about a room full of tears? Um, yes. Yes. He's thirty years old. Thirty. You're 27, mm-hmm. 28, and now you've, you've lost your third sibling. Yes. Your youngest sister, second to youngest, and now your brother. Yes. Wow. Uh, walking away from the hospital that day, uh, what was it like? Your mom, your dad, <laughs> you? Um, I, I think by that time, my mom and dad's faithful. It was being tried yeah. or, or tested. Yeah. Um, Mine as well, yeah. Um, and I just, I just didn't understand. I really didn't. I didn't understand at all. I don't. I didn't know what God was doing. Yeah, I had a lot of questions. I'm sure. Now, what was going on? Uh, you and I talked about this the other day. In your private life, was not doing too well either. No, no that was horrible. Things were falling <laughs> apart at home. Yes, sir. Yeah. All the stress from your siblings and now your brother. Attention wasn't given mm-hmm. much to your wife at that time and you have two kids yes, sir. at this time. Yes, sir. What's, um, what's happening here? Well, um, well, me and my wife, you know, it wasn't too good, you know, to begin with uh, after our second year of marriage. Um, infidelity was brought into the marriage, you know. Um, from you me. guys were married right out of high school? Yes, just fresh. Kinda, yeah, it just started out life. Yeah. <laughs> anticipating, as many do, that you're going to have a good life. and Yeah. No, you know, not thinking through obviously of the 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 tragedy that was going to strike your family. Yes, it was um, it was definitely um a blindside moment yeah. um, or blindside moments. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, me and my wife, you know, we uh we tried, we did our best, and um, she did her best as a wife, and um, but uh, you know, there was a lot of infidelity that yeah. you know leading up to all of these tragedies in my family. And um, when my brother um, passed, again, I felt like my faith, my faith was just being tested. And um, so I felt like, you know, I, God owed me mm. to do what I wanted. And I told him that. Yeah. And I was blunt with God. I'm, I was like, you took the closest yeah. things to me. I, I get to do what I want now. Yeah, I can see that. I can see a lot of people feeling that way. There's no doubt people yeah. listening right now who are going through, it, it doesn't even have to be as extreme mm-hmm. as what you went through, burying your your siblings. But there's a sense of, hey, I've gone through this and this and this pain, this hurt, this disappointment. I deserve some joy. Yes. And if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to go find it. Yep. Was that how you felt? Exactly how I felt, Pastor. Yep. 
So I'm going to go get it and, um, you know, just turn your head, God, because yeah. I'm going to enjoy something in life. Exactly. Yeah, I can see that. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people looking into your life at that time would say, yeah, uh, yeah, he mm. deserves it. I had a lot of people say that. Sure. But it didn't turn out well at all. <laughs> it never does. No, it never does. So you go out and try to find the pleasure that you can. Yes. So now not only have you lost your your two sisters and brother, but your marriage crumbles. Yes. And you've got two wonderful children, mm-hmm. but um, the marriage goes away. Yep. And um, that's in the middle of all the other tragedy. Yep. That's it. Um, it was right after my um, my brother's funeral. Um, it's funny uh, because I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, when I spoke at my brother's funeral, I told you when we talked the other day that I, I told God, you know, I don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't understand, but I'm a, I'm going to find out. You mm-hmm. know, I believe that I'm here for a purpose. Yeah. And God heard that, but the enemy did as well. Yeah. And so um he sent out his soldiers. And yeah. he, he sent out a soldier towards me and all. Uh, <laughs> I lost that battle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I lost that war, not sure. the battle. Sure. So here you are at 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, two sisters and brother pass, and your marriage is, is is gone. Gone. Yeah. And it doesn't stop. No. You have more pain in the future coming. Yes, sir. Um, your mom and dad have um, been married how long? 32 years. 32 years. Mm-hmm. And your mother had a heart transplant, correct? Yeah, when I was 10. When you were 10. Mm-hmm. So she is uh, overall doing pretty pretty good considering Mm -hmm. uh, especially at this time heart transplant um, was somewhat new Mm -hmm. and um, she receives a new heart when you're 10 Mm -hmm. you're now 27 Mm -hmm. so she's had this for about 17 years Mm -hmm. and um, she's been weak Mm -hmm. but she's maintained overall her health yes sir and she goes through the funerals of her two daughters and her son Yes. So tell me what happens now. Uh, yeah. Far as as far as her heart, um, yeah, it was fine. Um, but I think it took a beating, you know, far as um, you know, sadness, losing yeah. her kids. Um, I don't think my mom could take anymore, and uh, her body began to fail. And um, and I remember being to the hospital uh, when she. Because, like, she just kept going in and out of the hospital again after my brother died. And um, my brother was really, really, like, the glue to our family. So he was, like, connected really, really close to everybody in the family. Really yeah. close, especially my mother. And um, I think that just that it took her out of here and she was done. And um, I believe she had a conversation with God that I know Wes is going to be okay. Hmm. And, um... And I want to say like a month later, um, I was at work and my dad called me and said, you know, you need to, you need to get here. It's not going to be long. I'm like, how, <laughs> how do you process that phone call after everything else that's happened? I became numb, Pastor. I, I, that's crazy that you become numb to death. Yeah. Like, that's not normal. Yeah. Um, and this is all within five years, yes, 40 years. Yes, four to five years. Yes. And constant death is just all around you. Yes, sir. You're a young man. You've gone to so far three funerals. Yes. And now your mom is mom. your dad's call and saying, you got to come. Yes. Did you on the way over knew that she was going to pass? Or yeah. again, were you just hopeful that 
I knew it. it. You knew it. I knew it. Um, they um, when I got there, my mom was connected to all, you know, the oxygen machine, so she couldn't even speak to me, you know, literally. And um, so she asked the nurse for um, some paper to, so we can write each other, mm. you know, while she's hooked up to this oxygen machine, and um, we're writing and crying at the same time. And I'm asking my mom, "What am I supposed to do now?" Yeah. Like, where do I go from here? I'm losing my mom. I lost my brother. And now I'm losing my mommy. Like, I was, I'm a mama's boy. Like, I yeah. love my mom. And and while we were writing this crazy, I, I told you the other day that it, it felt like a scene from a movie because as we're writing and crying, the nurse who's changing her fluid is watching this whole thing and she's bawling. Yeah. And um, I just, I, I didn't, <laughs> I really felt like, you know, God, you really owe me now. Yeah. Yeah. The other day you mentioned to me that it just felt like a modern day Job. Yes. You're just watching everything in your life fall apart. Yes, sir. It's hard not to blame God. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I can imagine just saying, God, what, what, what did I do? Why are you punishing me? Um, and struggling through this to maintain faith. Did you maintain faith? Or was it pretty much gone at this time? My faith in God was, yeah, it was shaking a lot. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. It was shaking. Yeah. So I started to put my faith and energy in other things. Yeah. Yeah. So now you walk through this uh, passing of your mom, mm -hmm. the funeral. I can't even imagine standing there, being part of that service, all four in four years. Yep. Um, do you have any tears left? Do you have any grief? Are you still numb at this point? Um, I cried a lot in the beginning, but like you said, by the time I got to the funeral, no. Yeah. No more tears. Yeah. Wow. Well, you bury your mom mm -hmm. and um, try to put life back together as much as you can. Yes. Um, your dad, after 32 years of marriage, um, what happens? He, I know he obviously he's watched three of his children and his wife pass, mm -hmm. and um, he doesn't want to be alone. No, sir. So what happens? Um, he he ends up, you know, um, I guess dating this other woman um, shortly after um, my mom passed. And uh, it's was funny. it hard for you to watch that? Of course, yeah, of course. I sure. mean, it was really hard. Yeah. Um, but the thing, um, the irony in that, as I told you before, when we talked last week, he accepted, you know, what I was doing, you know, and the infidelity that I was, you know, um, operating in. And um, so he was like, you know, son, I'm just asking you to understand where I'm where I am as well. Yeah. And so I did. I supported my dad. Um, but it was very hard to watch yeah. him date somebody else. Yeah. So he marries shortly after. Yeah, maybe like five months later, he married her. So five months after your mother's funeral, mm -hmm. he's married. And yes, you're sir. you're trying to wrap your mind around oh, all this. Oh, my gosh. You're just standing almost, I would imagine that almost feels like a movie. You're just kind of outside of this it whole was. thing. Like, what is going on? Uh, he, um, he ended up marrying her. Um, I didn't approve of it. I didn't really care for her. You're you know? trying to support him. That's all I'm trying to do right. is support my dad. That's what my mom asked me to do. Yeah. You know, you guys have each other's back. 
but um the marriage really wasn't good at all you know um i have my personal feelings about that but i'm not gonna even get into that but uh my dad uh he you know he the day of his wedding um we were coming up the steps um in the marriott hotel in norfolk and uh she um she was already inside took the reception area my dad was outside of the um the auditorium and he was just bawling hmm. i come up the steps and i see him crying i said dad what's going on and um he said i i, I miss your mom i just miss you. i miss my best friend and right then i knew i'm like oh lord you know so and he's married he just yeah. got married sure and he's still grieving for my mother. Oh, I can imagine. It's only been five months. Five months. And the the funerals of his children. Yes. He's no doubt not even healed from all of that Yes. Yet. And he's trying to get a new relationship going and maybe bury some of that pain and try to yeah. move on with, with a new direction. I can yeah. imagine. But that marriage doesn't work out very well. <laughs> he's really unhappy. And then what happens? Three months into the marriage. Boom. He's gone. He's gone. You get a call? Yep. I get a call from his wife at the time and said, um, he's, they don't know how much longer he has. We need to get down here to Greenville. Yeah. So you go to Greenville. Uh-huh. He's in the hospital at this time. Yes, sir. Uh, is he able to talk with you when you get yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, when I when I, I remember walking down the hall to, towards his room and um, the doctor met me and um, he was like, you know, Mr. Clark, we're trying to do everything, you know. So just give it to me straight. I didn't been through this process, yeah. you know, four times already. So, and they basically say, you know, his heart just will not pump. Mm-hmm. We have given him the strongest medicines to get his heart to pump and it just won't work. So basically his heart just stopped working. And they say it was just a matter of time. We don't have a time limit. It could be a week, it could be a month, but yeah, he's going to pass. How long did he last? I think my dad lasted maybe two to three weeks, something like that. Weeks. Mm-hmm. I think it could be uh, said that he truly died of a broken, broken heart. heart. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Didn't last a year. No. So now all of this that we've talked about, your two sisters, your brother, your mom, and your dad, all of this has happened within a five-year period. Yes, sir. You've had to go to five funerals, say goodbye to your immediate family members, all the while, your marriage falls apart. Yes, sir. And you're trying to make sense of it all. Yeah. Saying, God, where are you? What's going on? Yep. Wow. And what's interesting, and some of you listening um, need to know that you're you're the one, the only one out of your siblings and mom who did not have this heart disease. That's why you're here today. That's why I'm here today. Yeah. I'm the only one. Um, the crazy thing. Um, about this this genetic disease is that it skipped me and it hit my nephew, my mm. brother's son, and um, it took a toll on him as well. So this it's by the grace of God that I'm here. I, yeah. I'm here for a purpose. I'm here. I just I, I have to ask this question because I think through it. Did do you struggle with a sense of why me? You know uh, why guilt? Almost a sense that you know why did I survive when when all these other you know, wonderful people have passed. I did at first. Yeah. And to be honest, I didn't think, I, I was scared that I wasn't going to make it to 30. Sure. I really was. I, I thought it was, I was going to be next. And um, I asked God, why me? Why did you choose me? Why did you choose me out of six? 
can you imagine that mm. you you know you've been chosen out of six people like he chose you yeah to to live on and to carry on you know what he has for you to do in life and it was mind-boggling at first yeah i can imagine it is and there's a lot of people listening who um who often ask the same question about what they're going through they've not gone through what you have um but they're still wondering you know what's my purpose why did you know um you know why did i outlive my husband or why did i outlive my children or whatever so you're having to process all this at a very young age. Yes, sir. You're 30 years old at this time mm-hmm. and having to, to walk through this. So as I said at the beginning, some of the people listening, if we went through it, if they went through it, they wouldn't be here. But you're here. Yes, sir. So let's turn the corner a little bit because all of that is so heavy and tragic. But you're standing. You've written a book. You're starting to tell your story. Was there a turning point in your life? I mean, you had all this this darkness and depression and struggle through purpose how did you get up every day how did you make it did you have an experience did you meet someone was it a process did you go to counseling how did you get from where you were that day that you had to bury your dad five in your family to where you are today tell us how you got here well um you know me and my um my wife at the time we we ended up divorcing and i began to live a life with the woman that i um had an affair with and um so long story short um she was kind of like my newfound life yeah that's that was the reason why i got up every day i felt like god owed me that and um i felt like i was on cloud nine but um to speed things up a little bit, you know, we were together almost five years, but you know, uh, there was still a void there, and um, and I knew there was something I was supposed to be doing in this life. Of course, all of this stuff has happened in my life. God, it's He has a plan for me. Right. Uh, I just didn't know how to get to it. I couldn't get to it while I was there with her, and um, so that relationship ended up taking a big turn. Of course, our foundation wasn't right as as well and um i ended up becoming really depressed and just sad and i started to ask god questions because he let me live my life yeah he allowed me to go down the path that i did and um so that relationship you know ended up ending because i i asked god you know look i need to be removed from here but the only way i could do it is if you intervene and he did and I, the funny thing is I started to go through everything that I put my ex-wife through, the hurt, the pain, mm. the tears. And I allow God to, you know, just take over my life. I started becoming accountable, well, accountable to him. Yeah. And I got some strong spiritual counseling to break those chains from my life. Mm. And this is why I'm here today, right yeah. now. And you have a message that you want to tell people. Yes, sir. And you're starting to tell your story more. Yes, and sir. And starting to get some open doors. Yes. So when you walk into a place, someone says, Wes, come talk to our students or, mm-hmm. you know, come talk to our church or come speak to our school. What's your message? What do you want to say to people? That um, whatever life, whatever direction that you're going in your life, and if it's not a good direction, you can change it yourself. But it starts with your accountability to God. Yeah. That's the biggest thing for me that I've learned. Um, 
uh, I wasn't I wasn't accountable to my wife. I wasn't accountable to, you know, anything that, you know, my the woman that I was with, um, they didn't change anything. But my relationship and my life changed when I became accountable to God and, and I allowed him to just take over and allow him. I allow him to lead me. Um, this is why I have so much peace in my life in the midst of all of this mm-hmm. tragedy that has happened. I mean. I'm supposed to be somewhere in the ditch, yep. or in a crazy house, yep. or on drugs, some or anything. But I'm and a lot of people who've gone through less than what you've yes. gone through. That's exactly where they are. Yes, uh, I'm not on a bottle. Not that I'm here standing yeah. saying that your life can be dope. Yeah, with God, no matter the tragedy or the obstacles, life can still be dope. Yeah. Well, how do you? Um, how do you? Because uh, I, I imagine that. There are days you get up that are easier than others yes, sir. to face the day. Mm-hmm. When you get up and the day seems heavy or dark, or maybe some of those memories come back or regrets from your past, uh, imagine someone sitting in front of you. They're driving down the road right now. And they're listening to this podcast. They're sitting at home listening. And today's that day for them. Maybe they've got a lot of regret. They got a lot of pain coming back to haunt them. Here, here, here you are going through what you've gone through. You have a day like that. How do you confront it? Give them some wisdom. Tell them what you uh, would want to say to them. Tell them right now. Well, I, um, I always think about where I come from. Yeah. Um, that's what I'll say to you all that's driving, that's listening right now. Um, think about where you've come from or how far you come from and where you're going. Um, because God definitely has a plan and I get excited whenever I get down I get excited about, about my future because I know how low I've been and how depressed I've been and I know you've probably been depressed and low and just want to give up but think about how far you've came and where you're going yeah and who you're going to help because everybody has a story yeah it might not be as crazy as mine thank God but you have a story yeah. and you can help somebody. So just think about the future because God, he's control. He has control over all of that. So think about just where you're going. And that's what gives me life every day. Even in my low moments, even when I don't understand, it gives me life. It gives me hope because I know that I'm here for a reason. And so are you. So you'd like to look at that 14 year old in the face or that 16 year old. Yes, give them purpose. Hey, you can make it through this. Yes. Yeah. I saw a picture the other day of, um, Mr. James giving you a hug. Yes, sir. And you said at the beginning of the episode today that he really took a chance on you. Mm-hmm. Tell me what that means. Um, well, I was um, kind of a, you know, <laughs> a bad little child. Well, I, was, I wasn't bad, but I just stayed in a lot of trouble. Sure. Um, and Were you by, in school? In school. Yeah. Um, and by the time I got to Northeastern, I moved here from Virginia, um, they didn't want to give me a chance. They wanted to send me to Trig, which is mm-hmm. the alternative school here in town. And um, Mr. James took a chance on me, and um, and it's funny about my life. That's why I can go, I can tell people like whether you're a kid, or you're going through marriage, or you're suffering loss. I've been there, and um, you know, he gave me a chance to you know, to thrive. To he saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. Yeah. And we gotta look at God as the same way. All He's asking for is a chance. Yeah. That's it. And, and um, even through everything that I went through, God just said, Wes, look, I'm going to let you do your thing, but 
all I'm asking is for you to just give me a chance. And that's all he's asking for you to do. Just give him a small chance to better your life because it's going to be better. Yeah. And um, that's what Mr. James did for me. He gave me a, a, a small chance to prove myself. And I did. He did it out of love. And that's what God does. God, he shows love. He's He's not going to condemn you. I mean, look, how I had an affair. I had a few affairs. <laughs> you know, I left my family. You know, I lost family, and he's still here. Yeah. I'm sitting here talking to Pastor Scott right now. Yeah. And, and Mr. James saw something in you and gave you saw, that hope. He gave Can me you imagine hope. how many other people are out there? Mm-hmm. Who are struggling through half or less than half of what you went through yes, sir. and if a teacher would just give them a chance if mm-hmm. a pastor or a coach yep. if somebody would just speak into their life so i know you would say to some of the people listening to this hey if you've got that kid in your class right now who's causing trouble you'd have no idea what no. that kid's going through he's going through something yeah he's going through something believe in him you may be yeah. the only one mm-hmm. who has ever believed in that kid yep and that's what Mr. James did for you. He saw it. Yeah. I mean, he was my cha- he was my turning point in life. Now, how did you cross paths with him? Was it because of band? Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, I, I was heavily in music um, as a, at a young age, um, and uh, he gave me a chance to be in the band. And he said at the book signing that he doesn't he doesn't normally do that. Yeah. Um, and he said, especially if he would have saw my transcript, he mm-hmm. wouldn't have let me in. Yeah. And um, so. Um, hey, pa- well, that tells you that the ki- kids are bigger than their grades. They are, and their actions on That's paper. That's right, exactly mm-hmm. right. And so he um, he allowed me in, and um, I went to band camp, no issues. Um, and the funny thing is, when my mother went to enroll me in Northeastern, um, they went, like I said, they wasn't they wasn't going to let me in. And he came past the um, the guidance office and my mother spoke and they're like how do you guys know each other and he was like well his son just went to band camp they were like what she's not even enrolled in school and you know they of course said you know the repercussions that you could have suffered if he would have gotten in a fight hmm. or anything so he could have lost his job wow. if I would have acted out and they said okay did he have any actions you know behavior problems there no so they said because of that man, they said we're gonna Miss Clark, we're gonna give you, uh, we're gonna give your son a chance. But if he gets one referral or anything, any infractions, he's gone. That's amazing. Um, I was there two years and ended up making an honor roll. Wow. Um, and uh, Mr. James, he held me to a standard. You know, he was like, you know, if you're gonna be in my band, you have to meet these grades. You have to have great behavior. And I did, but he did it out of love. I didn't yeah. want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to let him down because he took a chance on me. You were playing drums at that time? Yes, sir. Yeah. And today you love drumming. (laughs) Yeah, I've been playing since I was three, so that was my first love. (laughs) Yeah, and you're an amazing drummer, (laughs) so you enjoy playing and bring a lot of joy to people when you play. You now travel to some churches and help out with their worship bands, and Mm -hmm. so you're somewhat in demand for wanting people to, they're calling you, asking you to come play. Yes, sir. That's amazing. When you sit down behind a set of drums and begin to play it's got to bring some joy to you oh it's not it's nothing like it it's that's yeah. like my it's like i'm in my own world that's yeah. my sanctuary yeah just a place of peace and harmony yep. and it's something you can um bring that's um a sense of, of joy to mm-hmm. people and in the midst of all the tragedy that you've experienced you can sit down and kind of be the backbone to this band today yes sir and bring some peace to them and some joy that's fun that's great that's awesome. 
Well, what a story. I mean, that's, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to sit down and just share some of this with us uh, here on this episode. I'm just amazed at all the things that you've had to endure and the pain you've gone through and you're still standing. Yes, sir. So did you put most of this or all of this in your book? Um, well, everybody, you pretty much know the book is always better than the movie. Sure. So, um, yeah, the book is very detailed. Yeah. I'm very open. I'm very yeah. transparent. I hold no, I hold anything back. Right. I don't hold anything. Yeah. So this would be a great book for people to pick up and give it to someone who's going through a tough time right now. Yes. Yeah. And just say, hey, read this. Here's a young man who's gone through incredible tragedy in his life, and he's still here today, and he's got a message of hope and life. So read it. It's definitely a it's definitely a tool. Yeah. But it keeps you it keeps you you know like plugged in. Like sure. I, I'm not and I'm not posting the book, but I'm telling you, once you start reading, you you're not going to want to get out yeah. of it. Hey, well, be proud of it. It's your story. <laughs> And um, I'm hopeful that the story will reach a lot more people. Yes, sir. And I want them to read it. So it's called It It Happened. Uh huh. It Hurt. Now what? Now what? Yes, sir. And that's a huge question. Now yep. what? Yep. What do we do now? Exactly. Because there's people out there. Everybody's got a story, like mm-hmm. you said. Um, everybody's got some pain. But not a lot of people know what to do next. Exactly. And they stay in their pain mm-hmm. for years to come. Or they drown it out mm-hmm. through drinking or drugs or, or whatever. And uh, that doesn't have to be your now what. Nope. You don't have to become an addict. You don't have to lose the rest of your life because of something that occurred when you were 20 or 25. You may have gone through a marriage uh, tragedy and it fell apart. You may have um, hurt your your body or hurt someone else or someone. uh, You may have uh, committed a crime or whatever, but you're not bound to your past. Mm Mm-hmm. There is a future for yeah, you. There is a now what? Yeah, and there are people out there who need your message. They need your story. And that's what's so great about you sharing that with people. So it's awesome. Well, let me ask you a few other questions, totally okay. unrelated to your story, but just for people to get to know you a little bit okay. and uh, go from there. Real simple, but I'd love to, to know. What, what's your favorite movie? You enjoy uh, movies? I love movies. Okay, I'm well, give, me, give me a favorite. What's your favorite movie? Uh, I have to say my favorite movie series. Well, yeah. um, I I like I like stories of uh you know, um some you know, I guess the conflict and you know mm-hmm. triumph in the end. So I'm a bit Mighty Ducks fan. I have to say oh, yeah. Mighty Ducks. You know, the first, the second, and the third. That's great. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, I love movies too. So that's fun to hear. All right, here's another one. What's your favorite song? Or band, maybe you're a big band fan. Oh my god, you know I'm a music lover, so okay. I have a um, oh man, I have a that's a hard question, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a few. Okay, um, I have to say, um, I love Fred Hammond. Okay. Um, I grew up on him. Um, uh, R and B wise, I love Music Soul Child, and then uh, I have to say, um, I love jazz. I love. Uh. Uh, contemporary jazz or neo soul jazz and um and big band jazz. I now, have you always been a fan of jazz, or did Mr. James help you with some of that? Mr. James, yeah, I was gonna say he Mr. loves James. jazz. I love jazz. Yeah, jazz is very soothing, and yeah. I love it. That's awesome. I do too. All right, here's another one. Um, what would you never get tired of eating? 
Cereal. Cereal. Yes, sir. Hey, you and I can have a good lunch because I love cereal too. You have a favorite kind? Frosted Flakes. <laughs> Can't go wrong Can't with that, go wrong right? Frosted Flakes. That's awesome. I always uh, tease my daughter because she loves, uh, Ashlyn loves cereal. At least she did when she was a kid. And uh, we used to eat cereal together all the time. We oh, have a good yes. time. Cereal yeah. is the best. It opened up a whole restaurant just that's, with cereal. You know what? That's a great idea. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's a great business idea, That's right? Just open up a, a cereal restaurant and have, you know, 200 kinds of cereal and all kinds of milk and exactly. just go in and pick out your cereal, mix them together and I all like kinds that. of things. That'd be great. All right. One more question. Okay. Um, more of a serious question and um, something I want you to uh, share with us because I think it could help some other people as well. If you could go back, roll back time, go back to uh, Wes at 20. 21 years old, um, and if you knew then what you know now, and you could sit down and interview him, um, sit across a table from him with a cup of coffee or whatever, and uh, he would listen to you, what would you say? What would you want him to know? Uh, I let him know that, you know, this is not a race, it's a marathon first, and um. I would just tell him that uh, to live life more, you know, to um, to you know experience life more, uh, take care of yourself. Um, I wish I would have went to college. Hmm. I really, I, I wish I would have went to college and finished my degree. Um, I had a scholarship out at Elizabeth City State, didn't take it. Um, I think the biggest thing that I would tell my twenty-year-old self was would be um, don't live life out of emotion. Hmm. I like I made a lot of emotional decisions instead of God decisions. And um, I think that would be probably the biggest thing, Pastor, is do not make emotional decisions. Yeah. So make those decisions out of what? Um, talk to God first. Yeah. Um, basically. Um, I've heard that... Um, Every good decision is not a God decision. And um, I made a lot of feel-good decisions. Mm -hmm. And um, it cost me a lot. Yeah. yeah. Find someone like Mr. James. Yeah. Hang around them. Listen to yeah. them. Yes. Let them pour into you, mm -hmm. right? Yep. That's amazing. Well, Wes, thank you. Thank, thank you for your time. Uh, Thank you for just uh, being transparent and honest about your story. And I want more people to hear it um, and understand it and pick up your book. Um, you can pick it up on Amazon. Um, Amazon, um, if, you, um, if you're not a you know, fan of mm -hmm. the hard copy, you can get it on Kindle, right. um, iTunes, all that stuff. Um, what, if, what if somebody would love for you to sign the book and mail it to them could they do that they can do that um as well um you can email me okay. if you would like that at westmotivations at gmail.com or um you can just if you want just a hot a hard copy you can order it at all roads lead to west.com that's okay. all roads lead to west.com great we'll put that link right on the um podcast okay. as well for people to click okay. it and go there and order your book or read up more about you yes sir well that's awesome wes thank you so much I thank you for being here. No problem. It was an honor. Great. Well, thank you for listening to Episode 5 of the Imperfect Leader Podcast. 
Join us next time as we continue our discussion about what it means to be an imperfect leader. If you enjoyed the episode and found it helpful, please share it with a friend or recommend others to check it out. Also, will you please go by iTunes and give the podcast a rating and leave a review? I would uh, love to hear what you think and let us know ways we can improve. We always want to get better. But remember, nothing succeeds like imperfection. So be honest, be transparent, ask great questions, hang around amazing people, and you will become the best leader possible. We'll talk with you again soon. You've been listening to the Imperfect Leader Podcast with Scott Neal. Join us next time as we continue learning what it means to be an imperfect leader. You don't have to be perfect to be an effective leader, but you do have to be teachable. Read great books, ask great questions, hang around great people, and you're on your way to becoming a great leader. Thank you for listening.